You're listening to Good Shepherd Catholic Radio Eucharistic Revival Podcast. I'm Lucian Leone, and along with my regular co-host, Mojo, Dr. Robert Moore Jumanville. Dr. Leone. Well, thank you for that. I always appreciate that. Uh, we have as our special guest today, uh, David Barker. And David, uh, well, ha- David wears many hats. I got to know David because of my work with Good Shepherd Catholic Radio and the work that he does there. But, uh, you know, as I've got to know David a little bit, I thought, wow, you've got an amazing story and we really need to get you on this podcast. And and he graciously agreed. So welcome, David. It's nice to have some young people on the podcast. Today. Yes, it is. And that's really a, that's really our ulterior motive, <laughs> is to start to hopefully produce some content that younger people than us actually find engaging and interesting. Yeah, so, I hope I'm not. Uh, I'm, I hope I'm not uh, tasked with with that sole responsibility because yeah, everybody's trying to get younger. But uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for having me on. Well, it's so good to have you, and I'd love to start if you could just kind of give us the moderately short version of your kind of background and where you grew up and when you became a Catholic and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, grew up in South Line, uh, Michigan, about ten minutes north of Ann Arbor. Um, did not grow up. Uh, religious, um, sort of a faint uh, Christian uh, feeling of in the background, you know, of the of the home. But um, no, it wasn't wasn't you know, family wasn't a practicing uh, you know religious family. Um, been with my wife, uh, we're high school sweethearts, um, so we've been together for sixteen years. This is where, where all of the audience goes. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. Uh, we've got two young boys. We've got a daughter on the way. Um, Congratulations. I, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I work here in Jackson now as a digital project manager um, at JTV. Uh, so that means making websites and doing digital advertising and marketing, uh, a little graphic design. A little editing now uh, with Good Shepherd being uh, a client, uh, a happy client. And um, yeah, that's about it. I, I was uh, just brought, brought into the Catholic faith uh, this, this past year, so I was baptized um, at the Easter Vigil uh, this year in 2023. That's about me in a nutshell right now. What, what, what high school and what and then what what, what did you did you do after high school? Uh, so South Lyon uh, went to, went to high school in, in South Lyon. Uh, after that, uh, kind of bounced around the community college scene for a while until I uh, decided, you know, finally upon a technology management uh, degree. So went to Washington and then Eastern mm-hmm. uh, for that. Uh, my wife went to U of M. Um, and then she got a job at Consumers Energy here in Jackson, and that's what brought both of us out here. I sort of just followed her, Fabulous. followed her out, and uh, found my way over at JTV, and I've been there for seven years, I think. Uh, and it's been, Good time. I mean, yeah, that's it's great. been a bun- bunch of fun. Yeah, yeah. JTV looks like so much fun. I, yeah, there really is. Yeah. There are great people over yeah. there, the, yeah. the Hawley family. And yeah. there's all these very deep connections to Lumen Christi and the yeah. Catholic community. It's, it's really a deep place. Yeah, and that's what makes a work really wonderful and worthwhile is when you're working with good people. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, there, there's been... 
if there were any change, you know, to, to the ownership, to the family, uh, any significant changes to the staff, it would, it would, I would have to rethink, you yeah. know, some things because they, the, the people over there make all the difference. The, the work that we do, you know, on a daily basis for the Jackson community. Um, yeah, just, just super proud, super proud to, to live, um, in a place where my work, I can just drive all over the town and just kind of see, you know, I do their website. I do their website. We do sales for them. We do a, a project for them. You know, we cover this high school. We, we cover that church event, you know, That's great. uh, things like that. So yeah, I, I love it. I love Jackson. Love JTV. Love what I'm doing. Well, David, I would love for you to talk a little bit about, because it's fairly unusual for a guy in his what early th- early thirties to just all of a sudden decide who's not. It sounds like you didn't come from a very strong Christian home. What was your motivation to say, huh? There's something about this Christianity thing broadly and this Catholic thing specifically right. that really brought you in. Yeah, um, the motivation. Uh, you know, it was more of a pull than a push. Um, really, throughout my 20s, I kind of began noticing that I would just sort of get uh, fascinated with things. You know, I just had like hobby after hobby, and I was asking, you know, just, just finding interest at uh, every turn. Um, you know, I'd pick up woodworking, I'd pick up hunting, I'd pick up gardening, I'd pick up uh, uh, working with uh, uh, motors and like mechanics. Um, so I was always kind of like, I'd get fixated on things. Uh, it's kind of part of my personality, I guess. Um, and I began noticing that maybe I, I was taking uh, taking these interests more seriously than, than even people, other people I, I knew that had them. Um, but they, they would come and go. Uh, and then I started, uh, I'm not sure what the catalyst was really um, that, that got me into the whole religion, um, Christianity, Catholicism in general. Maybe it was philosophical. Um, maybe it was, it was political. I just uh, began noticing uh, maybe a lot of the divisiveness that was that was in the air that that has been in the air for some time now uh, began feeling um, disconnected began feeling um, like I'm supposed to be at odds with people people around me that I don't feel at odds with. You, you don't hate anybody. What's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, all, this, all this fighting, and I just sort of, I didn't quite understand it. But for whatever reason, um, you know, the, the religion started to uh, emerge. It started to become clear that, well, if we can elevate uh, a little bit outside of our our uh, particular differences then there's common ground you know I just I sort of felt like there's something there's more commonly shared space the higher we go I, I remember having that thought kind of early earlier on um, and then I just kind of followed it for for whatever reason just kind of kept being called you know in, into that direction and uh, and and this is something that you know, I've, I've gotten fixated on or fascinated with, interested in for, I would say, maybe three years ago. And I know that, I, you know, I'm not going to be leaving this 
uh, you know, uh, behind kind of like I have with, with other hobbies or, yeah. or interests. Mm-hmm. This is uh, something that's that's going to stick. I've found, um, you know, truth, uh, healing, um, fellowship through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that there's there's more there. So um, that's kind of yeah, the, the way that I, I stumbled. I like the way you, you said that some, the something uh, about if uh, elevated, yeah. there's there's some quote. And I think maybe more than one person has said this, but it's sort of like the closer we get to God, the closer we get to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, in some sense, it's like if you think of a cone going up or a pyramid, then it's like the closer we move yeah. toward the truth, I guess, then the closer it is actually yeah. we are able to communicate in love or something. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the symbolism that's embedded in the language, right, and the effort, the effort that you can see on display you know, reading the Bible where these people, they're just, they're trying to communicate the sense that there is, the, the truth there. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in Catholicism, Christianity, uh, faith broadly, I guess, there's the word mystery is, mm-hmm. is used kind of uh, pretty, pretty commonly. Um, yeah, there's that, that symbolism, there's that mystery there where it's, yeah, you're like, like you said, the higher we get, it's, it's like that pyramid, you know, there's shared space, there's oneness, mm-hmm. you know, that the higher we get. Uh, can I ask you a question, David, about uh, your particular experience? Because you said that you didn't, you didn't really come from a religious background. And I, this is just, um, I, I was talking to my daughter who had a friend who'd like gone, who was vaguely Protestant. Uh, so not, uh, I mean, n- not, uh, uh, not, you know, not unfamiliar with Christianity, but went to Mass with them uh, on Easter. And his response was, I just think that, that there's got to be something simpler than this, that this is so complex that nobody could understand. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's so many things going on in the Mass. That, and, I, and I thought, uh, I guess if I were if I were a non-Christian, that would probably be my experience too. Like, what just happened? You yeah, know. Yeah. And so, like your experience of the mass, you didn't feel like it was too off-putting or too like esoteric, remote, or anything like that. Or well, or do you just have to did take time. You know, I do think that there's something to that person's feeling of the complexity versus simplicity Mm -hmm. um and you know i've heard of god right if i were to if i were to sort of step away from the question of the mass specifically Mm -hmm. and talk about just god i've heard of god some of his attributes uh, or or him generally be described as sort of the divine simplicity Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. wherein god there is he's one thing but he's all things right so Mm -hmm. to that person's point of um you know it's got to be simpler than this if i were to try to evangelize right uh, i would i would meet him where he's at and say the sense that you have about that simplicity right it, mm-hmm. you might want to go in this direction and, and talk about God's divine simplicity but um, to jump back into the mass specifically I would say that um, you know as I've kind of come to enter the faith and understand what even what even uh, religion is it's kind of the way that we relate to the infinite it's kind of the way that we come that we're lucky enough to have some sort of relationship with that eternal, infinite source, you know, of mm-hmm. all things. Yeah. Uh, so the the 
fact that the mass might be a little complicated uh, and might have within it all of these ancient, uh, hard-to-understand rites and rituals, that doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really turn me off to it. But it's just because I've come to understand more, yeah. you know. Uh, so if there's, you know, uh, something that could quell that, that concern or, or that, that feeling might just be a, a deeper understanding, mm-hmm. you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, all those rites and, and rituals, you know, they're, they're very old and they all mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just our effort to relate, you know, to, to mirror, to match, to come into alignment with or rhythm you know, with, uh, you know, everything that we've, that we've got to, to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's so much there I'd love to chat about, but most specifically, especially since the the broad topic of, of these podcasts is the Eucharist and Eucharistic revival. I would love to get some of your thoughts as a, a new Catholic on how the Catholic teaching on the Eucharist was either attractive or possibly somewhat difficult in terms of your deciding if being a Catholic was something you wanted to pursue. It's still, it's still, you know, I'm not, I'm, my faith is, you know, it's got to be the most important, you know, my favorite thing about my life right now is, is my faith. The most beguiling thing uh, probably will always be the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, it's still the most, it's the most alarming thing that I can, that I can point to in, in our faith, the most challenging thing, uh, that I can point to in, in the Catholic, uh, Catholic faith is the Eucharist. Um, but it's, it's the most, uh, illuminating you know, as I've come to just the littlest bit of progress that you can make and understanding it or the little bit of uh, penetration that it has, you know, on your mind or your heart or your soul, uh, it just makes, yeah, the, the biggest of the biggest of differences. Um, you know, and my, you know, my, my, my guy, my spiritual master, or, or whatever, is uh, yeah, Bishop Barron, uh, Word on Fire, and I mean he kind of sums it up with uh, I think it was a Vatican II quote. Uh, it's the source and summit, right, of the mm-hmm. Christian faith. And going back to that symbolism too, you know, the symbolism in the language itself, the summit, right. So it's the it's the center, it's the highest, and from that point, you know you have access to so much around you, so much below you. There's, there's so much underneath you um, at that point of the Eucharist. Uh, and it has within it a meal. It has within it sacrifice. Uh, it has within it uh, divin- divinization. Mm-hmm. Um, it has within it the authority of the church to, you know, that, that moment of, uh, transubstantiation, Mm -hmm. you know, the word Mm -hmm. that, that happens there. I mean, there's, it's the most dense thing I can think of, uh, is, is the Eucharist. Yeah. I've, I've thought about this before that, um, and it, it, it came from 
some Old Testament, some Old Testament scholars who are Christian in, in like the around um, the turn of the 20th century who would say that you can find Christ in every, pretty much in every verse of Scripture. So like all all Scripture is Christological, mm-hmm. and I think you can actually make a pretty good case for that. And then if that's the case, then you could say all Scripture is reflective of Eucharist in some sense, you know, which is, that's, that's the other way to say, like, there's all, it's just like so much depth in Eucharist that, and, and the, the scriptures and the tradition have been leading up to this for, yeah, millennium. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it starts with, with Eden, you know, I mean, like, if you really wanted to follow the themes or follow the motifs or the concepts um, within it, uh, yeah, the, the, the fruit, you know, I mean, God says eat, eat of all the fruit of the tree except for the one mm-hmm. uh, but but there's eating involved mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, the Passover meal you know going uh, there's uh, the manna yeah um, so the the consuming of food yeah. right mm-hmm. and that that's a theme that's yeah it goes all the way back to the right the Garden of Eden the the creation story um, and the the sharing it's God sharing sustenance, uh, uh, sharing nourishment. Um, and in that sharing too, I find that it just dovetails perfectly with sacrifice because what is, what is sharing? It's sacrificing. You're, you're going without to share. So you're sacrificing to share. Um, and the sacrifice, uh, also, I mean, during the fall, uh, when Adam and Eve become naked, God offers them, if I, you know, remember correctly, pelts yeah, yeah. to cover themselves. Skins, yeah. Skins. Mm-hmm. So there's sacrifice. Where do you get the skins? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously you can say that He created them, but there's yeah. animals that were sacrificed yeah. to get those skins. Right. Um, so you can, yeah. I mean, again, it's just like this goes all the way back to me. It's so dense, and uh, the sacrifice, writing of wrongs, right? The the wrong that was. Um, mistake that was made by Adam and Eve, uh, you know, the, the sacrifice being made there to right that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's in there with, with sacrifice. I'd like to just highlight uh, for our audience something that you mentioned, just that your mentor was Bishop Barron. And I, I just think, want to encourage listeners to think about who over a period of years that they, they might make uh, mentor for them, mm-hmm. and and it and it can be somebody who's uh, not living, perhaps even you know. So maybe a Mother Teresa or a um, Julian of Norwich or you know Chesterton or C.S. Lewis. You know. So I, I did you did you have like mentors uh, living and or in 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 history and books that you followed? Well, you know I not probably the same way you did. Pro- I mean in terms of authors, Frank Sheed is probably the author that yeah. I most resonated with as a young Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, he and C.S. Lewis, I mean, were the two authors that really, I think, had a, the biggest impact on me. Um, so, but, but, and I would also have to put out there J.R. Tolkien, right. just because as I read The Lord of the Rings and kind of started and really kind of almost looked at it, as you kind of say, from a Christological perspective, mm-hmm. that really was inspiring to me. So anyway, so yeah. 
the wonderful thing about Bishop Barron is he's still alive. Though we, like, you know, exactly, yes. We could potentially have a conversation with him. Well, yeah. and he's gotten closer to us, too. He used to be that's, out in California, and now right. he's just a hop, skip, and a jump away over in Minnesota. Right. Well, and, you know, it's interesting you say that, uh, David, because I was thinking not too long ago about how it's kind of neat that, like, the two leading clerics are Bishop Barron, who's in Minnesota, and Father Mike Schmitz, who's also in Minnesota. Right. Uh, and then we have... You know, all that's going on at Franciscan University, there's a whole boatload of people down there. Uh, there's just a lot happening in the Midwest from a renewal perspective that I think is pretty powerful. That's yeah. great. It's exciting. Yeah, we, we actually, you know, even though we may be in flyover country, uh, in a certain sense. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. The Holy flyover. Spirit <laughs> is not, he really sees the, the Midwest as a pretty special place. Yeah. So, and you you seem to be one of those guys, you know, because Bishop Barrett will often talk about, you know, when he started his ministry many years ago at the at the encouragement of uh, Bishop George, his mentor, who kind of said, do this thing, you know, and get involved with digital media. And he kind of thought, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, but now he's got, I don't know, millions and millions of, and I think people just like you, who, he, and it's just inspiring for me to hear, he's one, you're, you seem to be one of those people that really were have been influenced by his work very directly. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is inspiring, um, you know, to to hear him recount the the stories of when, you know, he first started. Yeah, like you said, Cardinal George kind of put him to the task of, uh, you know, what are you doing to evangelize the culture? Um, and yeah, he, he started out just kind of. Uh, reviewing movies, I think, on YouTube was was one of his uh, yeah. first opportunities he, he did, and um, he had like a hundred views, and thought you know he was through the roof over yeah, it, right? Yeah. And and just sort of kept at it. Uh, but I think that yeah, the the internet and um, the digital evangelization, uh, it's something that I think the church broadly parishes, you know, individually. Uh, we have yet to really crack into, um, yeah. but I think that, I mean, the opportunity is certainly there. Uh, you know, the, the comparison that gets made a lot is the Roman roads. Um, mm. So, I mean, the, the right. digital space, uh, we got to go out. I mean, we, yep. we got to find a way, you know, I know churches are, uh, they have many, many ministers, you know, at, at individual parishes. Um, but if they're not, if they're not taking the digital and the social ministry, you know, more seriously, I just think that it's a it's a missed opportunity because you can uh, communicate, you can preach to so many more people. Uh, that's really what it what it should right. be what it should be viewed as an as an opportunity to to preach to the whole uh, connected connected world. Um, so yeah, I was. Uh, uh, Brought in, you know, by, by Bishop Barron, his content online, um, and just trying to trying to find a way to help. Uh, you know, you and I are, are both at Good Shepherd, um, helping them out uh, in, in the different ways that we can. Um, I'm at uh, Queens Parish here in Jackson, um, helping them out. You know, with their with their digital, with their social, um, and I just think that there's. There's more there. Uh, there's more opportunity there. The the younger generations as well. I mean, we're gifted with this with this opportunity where um, there's this growing number of disaffiliation among the youth, and we have 
this technology where we can be in in their pockets. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's something there, right? There there's something there. So it's it, I think it's more of just a uh, an intentional uh, maybe maybe intent maybe maybe focus uh, just fully fully fleshing out uh, what what can come of um, just more of an effort toward that digital evangelization. Um, very interested in that. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'd love you to chat about a little bit your experience with the Rescue Project because I've also been doing that. I've started a men's group, a Saturday morning men's group. There's just a few of us uh, who get together and we're watching all of Father Ricardo's Rescue Project videos. Uh, But I think that is a perfect example where the whole idea behind the Rescue Project, as you've done it over at Queens, is, you know, and you might not be familiar with it, uh, Mojo, but... There are nine videos that are anywhere from 35 to 50 minutes each. And the whole idea is to get a group of people from the parish together, watch these videos over the course of weeks together, talk about them, and really build, and you start to really build community. And I think your experience at, so maybe you could just talk about how that's worked at Queens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, gosh, what's it been, seven weeks, nine weeks, some, somewhere around that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a great turnout. I think we had 180 people register for the event. Wow. I think um, when when rubber met the road, there was about 150 people that, that showed up. Um, and it's been it's been great, uh, you know. Every Tuesday night, I've got the the teen and young adult table, um, so I'm a I'm a discussion leader or, or table host. Um, yeah, so so we we go through Father Ricardo's videos, um, and most of the the teens and young adults at, at my table, all of them are um, cradle Catholics. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, I were talking about this earlier, but. Um, they just have so much knowledge and, and understanding at the ready that they uh, sort of take for granted or, or just discard uh, to me, you know, as a, as a new uh, convert, uh, someone new to the faith, I'm still, um, you know, very hungry and very uh, curious. Um, so constantly asking questions, trying to, to reach an understanding. And, and they, just ha- they just have these things that they just throw off like it's no big deal but to me I'm just like oh my goodness like thank you for for you know offering that but but it's been it's been great I mean you know you talk about fellowship um, you talk about discussion just curious minds exploration dialogue um, yeah it's it's been it's been wonderful we just wrapped up uh, last night you know it was our it was our last night and everybody at my table I've got uh, seven uh, teens and young adults, and we all exchanged emails, and we're thinking about you know being the group that that starts up the next uh, you know kind of youth Bible Bible study, youth Bible group over at Queens, or or finding a way to kind of keep in contact and and keep the momentum going. So it was great. Yeah, that's great. And and what I love about that program specifically, it's a great marriage of digital media. These really highly well-produced videos and father ricardo is a very dynamic charismatic speaker but the whole idea is not just to go by yourself and watch the videos but to watch them and then discuss them and uh, what i think he does so well is he breaks he really kind of he really focuses on the charisma the idea that you know the gospel as you we know as we talked about earlier 
getting into Catholic theology can be overwhelming when you kind of when you look at it kind of holistically. But the whole idea behind the rescue project that's I think so powerful is he he basically breaks it down into the first video or two is the fact that God created us and he talks about the immensity of creation and how amazing God must be to have created this Im immense universe. And then we we fell that we were in essence and he the word he uses is captured. We were mm -hmm. captured by the devil and he spends a couple of pretty sobering videos yeah. uh, talking about what that means. But then the fact that God rescued us, you know, the, and that's where the name Rescue Project, that he sent his son. And then finally, the, for, the fourth key concept is our response. And I love the fact that he's taken, really, the Christian story very broadly and really made it very digestible. So, so for any of you out there who might be interested in, in learning more about the Rescue Project, I, I think they've actually, there might be other parishes doing it. I think they might be doing it at, at St. John's as well. I think we just finished, yeah. Okay, yeah, so. I it, Father Ricardo was there last week. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay, good. So, oh, that's, yeah. he's, he's quite a, another one of these Midwestern guys from uh, yeah. uh, Archdiocese of Detroit who's just having an amazing impact. You know, um, uh, David, Lucian and I have been talking about for a couple of years now just the uh, the problem of technology for young people, and and you've you've seen this too, right? The statistics of uh, depression and mm -hmm. cyberbullying and all of these all of these things that that have been now um, kind of highlighted through films like Childhood 2.0, um, Social Dilemma. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's like, it's so positive, it's so, it's, it's so comforting to think that, that that is a tool out there and we can actually use it. Yeah. Um, that that there's, there's some good that we could, because like you said, they're gonna be, they're gonna have something going off in their pocket. And if it could be something about the church and about hope and about rescue and about, uh, you know, there being a savior, that, that would be amazing. Um, but one of the things that I want to I want to just ask uh, you as a digital as, as a person who's lived this more than we have, but is also capable of actually creating some of this. We, we've talked about Bishop Barron, uh, Father Schmitz, and Father Ricardo, and we're we're not in that league, right? It's not like in terms of like their resources mm -hmm. and uh, studios and things mm -hmm. like that. Is there? Do you think there's a market for kind of what local digital? media that like people is is there anything that that we could actually do in jackson where people would would start to follow and actually be challenged yeah you know it's it's a question that i'm yeah compelled to to sort of find an answer to one way or the other um i know that uh lucian and i we've spoken about uh the jtv model my my current workplace and how you know, over the past 23 years, they've dedicated themselves as a local media company, television station, um, mm -hmm. now, now transitioning over into the digital um, online space. But they've dedicated themselves to being 100% local content. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been 23 years of that. Wow. Yeah. And so to your question of, you know, is, is there anything that we can, sure, we don't have the studio, but I mean, the cost of technology and the cost of digital, uh, if you want to call it broadcasting or digital production um, in general, it's just fallen through the floor. 
I mean, you're able to make digital content now. Um, it's so affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really just a little bit of attention toward the process. And then any parish, I think, is going to kind of be off and running. Mm. Um, so going uh, back to, you know, Father Ricardo, that was just a talk. I mean, that, the whole rescued project for all, all the good it's done. Um, and I hope that, you know, more parishes uh, participate in it. Uh, it, you know, probably ought to be an annual thing at, at parishes. Um, that was just him talking and mm-hmm. there's a, a video recording and there's some graphic overlays uh, but that's it yeah and that's very doable mm-hmm. um, so for parishes that are exploring uh, the possibility of digital media and taking the call of evangelizing um, and being a missionary and forming disciples seriously, mm-hmm. that's a way uh, that I think they ought to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I know that yeah, Lucia and I are, are both helping out uh, uh, Good Shepherd sort of find find their way. Uh, you know, put put their put their feelers out there and, and seeing what what might be uh, might be doable, might might be available for for us, but. Um, parishes broadly, you know, if, if we were to cover uh, parish events, um, it's a very feasible thing. And uh, like I said, there's 150 people, 180 people registered uh, at, at Queens um, for this rescued project. I don't know what the numbers were at St. John's, but uh, there's... Yeah, I think they were high too, so it shows yeah. the, the desire is out yeah, there, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I, I just... Um, I'm, I'm compelled by this too. Uh, the, just the notion that uh, I'm listening to catechism in a year, and um, and I did Bible in the year before that with uh, Father Schmitz, and I've done so. I've used a lot of YouTube's mm-hmm. uh, teaching uh, of his too, and and also Bishop Barron's whole Catholicism series mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I used a lot of that at at Lumen Christi, uh, and just their their ability, um, Father Ricardo, their ability to make the gospel. Um, Com- uh, compelling is over overused word maybe, but just to make it winsome and uh, desirable and and something that it's yeah I want that mm-hmm. I, I need some meaning in my life because mm-hmm. my life is uh, hard or my yeah. life is uh, is now right right now purposeless anyway to be able to try to communicate that which I think you know I see this in Lucian he's on. He's, you know, sometimes I have to just bring a fire extinguisher because he gets, he, he gets yeah, on fire with, yeah. with inspiration. Sure, like it's that. hard not to sometimes, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, us locally, uh, yeah, we talked about the Midwest with uh, Bishop Barron, Father Mike Schmitz, uh, Father Ricardo. Uh, but we're blessed right here in Jackson. We've got the Vicar General, uh, Father Tim McDonald, and uh, he's a star. Yeah, uh, he's watching, watching him, uh, listening to him speak. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, and you know, not we have such amazing priests in this in Jackson. I mean, yeah. uh, Father Chaz, Chaz oh, Father yeah. Brian. Father Brian yeah. uh, oh, they're yeah. just wonderful. I mean, the priests at St. Mary's, Father yeah. Todd and Father Father Tim yeah. over there, yeah. and then you know, it's we we are really blessed yeah. with some, and and they and it's what's so what I think it, they are so. Uh, sim- uh, symbolic or representative of the Catholic Church in that their styles are all completely different yeah. from yeah. each other, yeah. but 
you can be fed by all of them in yeah. very different ways. Yeah, I could, I could almost see like, uh, you know, having a particular question and then just like say, okay, we're going to go to four of these priests this week and just have, you yeah. know, like yeah. five, five, seven minutes each or something and then putting together a YouTube on that. I think that would be tremendously exciting. Yeah, outside of their, you know, the, the similarities with their theological uh, knowledge, I would say that the one common quality with all of our, uh, yeah, gifted charismatic local pastors priests is their comedy yeah, we have some of the that is true we've got some stand-up don't we wittiest <laughs> yeah timeliest uh, uh yeah uh, 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 you, you have, haven't had the uh opportunity to to see saint john's uh father chaz and 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 he'll say well it's father brian's turn to preach father brian will come out of the vestry and um, the sacristy, and and he, they're just they're just like stand up team, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, it's just it's they're really funny. They're really clever together. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. yeah. And it helps open up, you know. Sometimes, uh, you know, you can you can feel the weight of some of the some of the gospels, some of the readings, and uh, you know, a little bit of humor will just open that open it right up. Right. Um, so yeah, much much appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, Christian, stand up. I can, I can hear it coming. <laughs> All right. So, Catholics. Okay. So we're gonna have to give this some thought. Uh, I like your idea. There, there is. I think there might be something in all this. this is like, but, we're thinking, have you, do you remember Car Talk? Did you ever hear Car Talk? Uh, no. Okay. It was, like a, it was like an NPR thing or okay. something like that, where they it was just two brothers, um, like two brothers from kinda, Boston, kind of Jewish or something like that. That's what they sounded like. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It sounded like to me like they were click and clan. No, they're Italian. Come well, on. Italian. Ray and whatever Mariazzi. Uh, okay. I used to listen to them I, every yeah, Saturday. Okay. okay. Uh, but, I just thought that since they were such great comedians, so they must've been Jewish. Mm, oh, well, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I'm really offended by that. <laughs> as, an Italian, as an Italian, as a Sicilian. Anyway. I didn't know Sicilians had a sense of humor. Okay. Well, I guess there's nothing I can say about that comment. Well, well, I think there is a lot, you know, David, you really have inspired me to think more about how we can hopefully kind of just really much more strategically think about digital assets and how we can make this podcast and all and what listeners would want to hear that's kind of got a local focus. So I guess I'll give an encouragement to anybody listening in the Jackson area. If you've got some thoughts and ideas on things you'd like to hear from our priest or uh, from anybody, or topics you'd like to see addressed that you think we could do well, and, or schools uh, from the schools, you know, I, we we have we're doing some things, you know, with like Jack's facts, but yeah. we could. There's a lot of possibilities there, so uh, please feel free to to just reach out to me. You can reach me at Lumen Christie or at Jackson Catholic Schools uh, or through Good Shepherd Catholic Radio. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, thank you, Mojo. Thank you, David. Thank you, thank Dr. You. Leone. It's been a great conversation. I take it back. I think Sicilians are funny. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for that. <laughs> after, they've, after they've had their way with you. <laughs> well, after we've had a few beers or some good wine is really the key there. But, so you've been listening to Good Shepherd Catholic Radio. This is the Eucharistic Revival Podcast. Thanks for listening.